the ultimate tachometer. Let's now look at the diagram of the ultimate tachometer. This is where yesterday's macro becomes tomorrow's micro. In other words, what was macro in your life when you were the leader and leading the system and leading others working the system? What was macro then? Way back here, you were on micro learning to position yourself to work on the macro. The, the, made, the macro matters or what matters most to God. And then in the system that you worked on and have worked zealously to perfect and refine, you have been working on macro and minimizing any involvement in micro. When you have your meeting with your executive leadership team, you, it's not about mi micro, it's not about maintenance. That stuff doesn't enter in here. We don't, we don't tolerate that stuff. This is about building the ministry meeting and it's about growth, and it's about only macro things and the things that are most important to God. And I taught you that in your, when you establish an agenda, you establish the agenda based on the five things or four things or six things that are most important to God. They get discussed first because those, then they will get done. And people come to the meeting knowing, hey, it's, you're, he's serious. You, know, we're, you better be prepared and you better be prepared to show some progress on these things. Because every meeting he's going to bring them up. We've got to prioritize God's work first. Okay, but now you're moving over here and what was macro here is, becomes micro over here and there's a new macro. And we are pushing the old macro down. So this is the ultimate tachometer. This, this was the entry-level tachometer. The ultimate tachometer. So here's the right-hand side of the tachometer. And <clears throat> you used to be here. And then you had your errands and hers right behind you. And then they had their errands and hers. So if there's, and I, I say in the basic training, five is an optimum number for direct reports. Six, okay, that works. But if you have five errands and hers that have your heart and holding up your hands, you, you know, we went through that in the basic training. Now they have to have errands and hers. Nobody works alone. Nobody works alone. So if they have five errands and hers, now we have to have 25 errands and hers here that are their errands and hers. Then if, if nobody works alone over time and you build depth, now we're going to have 125 errands and hers. One pastor said I have more 
leaders today in my ministry than I had congregants when we started this, this system. We started putting this system in place. Some 300. So, do you see the progression here? Do you see that we have to have depth? This is, you're not going to be ultimate if we have just one-dimensional, some people helping you a little bit. We need depth all the way down into the ministry. Now, I've, I, we talk about that in the basic training, but now I'm telling you how critical it is if you want to go, if you want to go here. Now, with the new paradigm and the ultimate tachometer, it doesn't look like this anymore. You're not here. You're no longer the leader. You're no longer the point person. Oh, you're the, you are. I mean, you, got, you still have the ultimate responsibility, but I'm, I'm trying to illustrate something here. So you're no longer the leader here and, and leading all these, because you're the facilitator. We're going to show you where that is in a minute. But, well, let's do it right here. Here's the macro. What matters to God? The most important thing. The new things God tells you. The new, the new challenges. The new opportunities. Okay? And here's you now. And you're the facilitator. You see where you're positioned? away from here. You're not detached. We're going to connect this. But you're the facilitator. Here you were the leader. Now, in order for you to move from here over to here and be the ultimate and be the visionary and the entrepreneur and the facilitator, then they're going to have to move up like this and take, they're going to do what you are now doing. Or the ones that, those of you that have perfected the system are now doing. So they move into this spot, which means that predominantly they do what you used to do. And you've been repositioned. You've got, here we talked about positioning, getting you out of the doing and into the leading. Now we're getting you out of the leading and into the facilitating. And so... Now, you used to be, when you were back here, under the dysfunction, you were, the, I won't write it, but you were the barnyard chicken. I mean, you weren't an eagle. We're trying to get you to be the, about the eagle that we read. You were the barnyard chicken. You were groveling around in minutia and micromatters and every, all down there in the ministry, down here, just groveling around in all the nonsense. And then you moved from there to being, before I drew these other four lines here, you were the, like the goose. You know, you were ahead of the pack. You, you, and you were, you were out there as the point person, and you were in formation. Okay, but now you, you're an eagle over here. And the only way you can move over there is if your team is capable of moving into the position and doing the things that you've been doing for the last number of years, or for some of you, maybe just the last few months, because you've, you've gotten so close to the point of moving, moving up. And some of you, you're not there yet, so don't make the jump. I gave you the cautionary uh, 
information. Don't make the jump until you got this done right, because it won't work. And you'll, go, you'll, you'll have to come back to here. But that, now, some of you may be in a position, because of your discipleship and because of the competency of uh, some on your team, and maybe one in particular, maybe they are the point person. It's not, it may be five flying in formation here together, but it may be one. It may be your executive director. It may be an uh, executive administrator, whatever you want to call them. The title's not important, but they're your number one person. And you turn to them, and they, they help facilitate some of what you do. And I'll explain this in a minute, uh, a little bit more. I'll do a dotted line and show you. But so it could be five initially here, or it could be four and one. That's the point person. And they're still all part of a team. But there's one person that has a greater level of responsibility, which takes more weight off of you. All right. Now, if you move up here, what were the two things I told you that you have to make sure of? That the system is protected and that the discipleship runs deep. That the system is protected. We can't let this slip when you move out of the way. That means these people have to be as cognizant of doing this thing right. They're taking the pulse. They're doing everything you were doing. Okay, but, but how do we connect this thing? Well, let's look at, let's look at your job description. So, so when they move up, obviously, they can't move up if you have, unless you have somebody right behind them. They can't move up. And then one of the biggest problems I see in ministries is, here's your, let's call them your A-team. So these are your five direct reports. And the gap between the A-team and the B-team is huge. Why? Because they haven't taught them the system and they aren't discipling them. So when there's more to give them, they can't handle it. So it all piles up on the A-team. They get in, they're sandwiched here between your directives and the incompetence below them. And, they're, and they're, they feel just like you felt when you were way over here. So we have to, we have to close this gap. And then, you know, once you get this gap closed, then how about the B, the B team to the C team? This is a process over time. I cannot emphasize to you how important discipleship is. It's not just having, you know, a class once in a while and a lecture. We laughed about that. You know, it's not about look sharp, be sharp, act sharp, sharpen up, and six other sharp things and thinks that's discipleship. It's not. It's, it's sitting down like Jesus, imparting everything that's in you in them. All of your learnings, all of your mistakes, all the things you've been taught, all the tools you've acquired, the skill sets, and you pour everything you are into them. Or this doesn't work. But you can't do that. And certainly you can't, you're going to be able to do it less here. So they all have to be doing it. And it's the, it's the uh, leadership engine. It's, it's 2 Timothy, the one that Pastor Annas mentioned on the clip. Tim, 2 Timothy 2.2, where leaders, leaders are putting, now they're doing it. They're modeling it, like you used to. They're modeling it into, the, into this next level. 
So here, these are your Timothys now, because you put all you are, you are into your Timothys. So now your Timothys are putting into the faithful men, and the faithful men are so good, they've been discipled so well, that they're putting it into others. And others. That's how it has to work. Are you, are you seeing it? Yes. Now, so what happens here? Well, you know, you can't, you're, you're, not, you're not checked out, but this is where we do, we still have the same job description, but we're tweaking it, okay? So in the initial job description, remember, was to provide direction. Then the next was to, actually the arrow could go that way, to obtain plans, ideas, and recommendations from who? From others. Okay, I'm giving you the, the one we learned over here. I didn't do it, the one through five. I'm just, I'm, for you, those of you that are new, I'm giving it to you now for the first time. So the, C, the CEO job description, the job description that every CEO works to be successful, and how do you stay here as a leader instead of doing all the other stuff that you were trying to do and were doing years ago. So you, the first thing is, the leader provides direction. If we did it on the process here, the leader provides direction, then the team offers, so the leader obtains. So that means the team offers plans, ideas, and recommendations. Now, back years ago, you stopped doing that for them. You stopped coming up with all the plans and all the thinking and all the problem solving and all the fixing and all that stuff, because it was stripping your anointing. And it was, it was putting so much stress on you that you were, we lost some of you. They either quit or died, some of them, with the stress. So protect, uh, the first one is provide direction, then you obtain from them plans, ideas, and recommendations. Then the next one was commission the work, commission the work, then the next one was provide for their success. This is where you discipled. And we went through that number of, of uh, business, Harvard Business School case studies. We went through a whole bunch of, uh, of uh, business case studies to, to show that great leaders and the ones that had powerful, dynamic, continually compoundingly successful, profitable corporations, spent the CEO spent 50% of his time discipleship, in discipleship, discipling his people, 50. I recommended initially that you get started and do 30 and build from there. Provide success, coach, teach, train, mentor, like Jesus did, on-the-job training, teachable moments, capitalizing on every teachable moment. And then finally, obtaining, again, evaluation. So in other words, they bring evaluation in, 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 the, old, in the original job description. So now this is their job description now, here. And everybody, every leader, every team leader, every team leader works this job description. This is not just for the CEO. They're CEOs of the 
children's ministry, the youth ministry, the, they're all, we're all chief executives. I don't get hung up with titles, and I, I don't. But I, I'm trying to make a point that this, this is the job description for any leader down into, through the ministry. Everybody, function, everybody has to function this way. So if you just have a few people or one, one or two levels that can function this way and the rest can't, then it's going to limit how far and how, or how fast you can go. So now what would be different here? Well, you provided direction on most everything up till now. You know, they may submit plans and then you would give direction. You tried to play your cards last. Remember, so they think, they have to think. You don't tell them what to do anymore. I mean, you're not going anywhere if you do all the thinking. So we've got to have other people that can think. So they, but you would provide a lot of direction. You had to provide direction to get this thing kick-started. Direction on where we're going to go for God, what God told you to do. You're still going to do that. But you also had to provide direction on our standards, our value system, your teachable points of view, just like Jesus. He taught all those things. Value system, teachable points of view, and you did the same thing. So you, you provide a lot of direction back here. Now you're going to provide less, which means they have to do what? Provide more. They're going to have to do it. So you, it, may be, it may amount to this. You go to the mountain. You hear from God. He tells you what it is he wants from you as the facilitator of the meeting, and you then cast the vision, the directives. We're going to go into multi-sites. We're going to start a Bible college. We are going to increase and accelerate our missions programs. We're going to start a missions organization. We're the, that's what you're going to be directing. And it's just like the illustration in the basic training. You're going to be telling them what you want because God told you what he wants. And then you're going to be able to say to them, make it happen. And they should have the capability of making it happen. And then they come to you with the plan. And that was number two. They, you obtain from them plans, ideas, and records. So, Let's stay, stay with this one for a minute. More of the direction setting, the, the, uh, uh, where the ministry is going, bringing correction, refinement, all has to, has to happen here because that's what, it, that's what happened when you were here. Okay, then obtaining plans, ideas, and recommendations. Now, they're going to be bringing you less and less things because they're going to be able to approve more and more things. Yesterday's macro that you wouldn't discharge to anybody else becomes today's micro because you're dealing with stuff here that's going to be far more significant than that. So you've got to do what I just read. You've got to get out of the way. You've got to give it away. Remember that paragraph or several? You've got to do that. Will, and will it be perfect? No, it'll be a teachable moment. We'll learn from it. Experience is still going to be the currency of leadership. Experience is going to be the currency, only if they learn from it. So your question to them when they mess up is what? What did you learn? Don't tell them what they need to know. You let them think through what they need to learn. And you'll know whether they are learning or not. And whether you can entrust them with more. So less direction, more macro direction. We're going to be these major new initiatives. That's what you're directing. 
Now, when we get down here, we're going to, you know, you're still going to be evaluating, but you're going to be evaluating at a different level also, because they're going to be evaluating on a daily basis. This is kind of like, uh, this just surface, so let me be obedient. Um, I was just, let me, let me share something that I'm just reminded of. I'm obedient to the Holy Spirit. Um, when I left the limited because of the promiscuity, nudity, and exploitation of women, uh, and I couldn't be associated with that anymore, uh, then I started American Education Publishing, and I've told the story uh, a number of times that uh, we didn't have enough money to penetrate into the market uh, with our idea, which was, was a unique idea, because the big publishers would see the idea, they would knock it off, they don't care about lawsuits, they would deposition us out of business. And so they, they, uh, we knew we had to have more money than we had to really penetrate the marketing channels uh, effectively. And so we went and, and, I, uh, and we, we got another investor. And he invested more than we put in. So in, a, in, a, in a, an agreement like that, he became the general partner and we became the limited partner. Okay, this, this is like that. In other words, the way that worked is we ran the business on a day-to-day -day basis. Me and the guys that I hired, I hired two of the smartest guys I could find, and we built that team. And, uh, but we ran the business on a day-to-day -day basis, and we made a lot of decisions that were fairly major decisions, expenditure decisions and stuff, but there was a certain prescription for what our decision-making could go to, and then it kicked into the general partner because they put up the big bucks. And so they wanted to protect their bucks. And so certain things, we had to go to them for approval for direction. And they would evaluate our progress. So that is an illustration of what I'm trying to illustrate here. You are the general partner. Now, God is obviously the general partner. In our relationship with God, God is the general partner, and we are the limited partner. And God reminded me on more than one occasion that I am truly limited without him. So, and, and he put up, he said, I put up everything. And you put up zip, bud. And you are truly limited without me. But this, this, in this situation, you're the general partner, so you approve the biggies, the new macros, but they're the limited partner and they run the joint on a daily basis. Does that help, help understand? Okay, well that was the Holy Spirit. Okay, so <clears throat> you provide mac most macro direction, they provide now much more direction like you used to. They come up with the plans, ideas, and recommendations, and many of them you don't even have to see anymore. Some of them you would want to see, and you decide, you define what that is between the general and the limited partner. You're still going to commission the work, but it's going to be, again, at a different level. Yesterday's macro is today's micro, so it's, but you're going to have plenty of new macro that needs to be evaluated. So you're still, but you're still commissioning certain things. Now you have to prescribe what that is. You have to tell them this, look, no, you make the decisions about these things and, and it'll be a test and trial period, obviously. 
just like it was way back here when you made that first transition. Provide success. We're going to talk about the tachometers uh, or the, uh, the uh, uh, ultimate uh, performance um, direction and uh, pr the uh, post-action evaluation. I'm going to talk to you about that. You're still going to have to do some of that. You have to do that, otherwise this thing unravels so fast you wouldn't believe it. And you, like, like I said earlier, one pastor said, you know, we used to be excellent, and now we're average. It didn't take very long to, to go there. So, success. They provide success. But now they're providing success to their people. They're providing, they're discipling. And they're do doing it so well that it's the Timothy process. And leaders at every level of the ministry are training and developing future generations of leaders. Now, if I, if I continued this tachometer around over to here, then here's where these people here would be coming in to the pipeline for the benefit of you new CEOs that are here. Here they, they come out of the pipeline and they get plugged in right over here on a team. Over here, entry-level leadership. They get plugged into a team and they start to learn how you build a ministry. So this is, this is one way to illustrate a pipeline. You architect and design this to pump out leaders as fast as you can. You'll never have enough. There isn't one ministry that has too many. Then, so here they come, the entry-level leaders. They get, I'm not going to draw the organization chart, but they'd be down here somewhere. They get plugged into a team and they learn how we work this process to build the ministry and have steady compounding increase and riches, the fruit of our effort and time. So th this, this, you're, you're doing less of this because you put so much in there. You're still going to be discipling them. But the emphasis now is on what they do with others. Are we doing all right here? Okay, and then... Third, and then the fifth dimension here of the, of the CEO job description was to now they obtain evaluation. Yeah, they look at the, the annual strategic plans. See, when I was the executive director of a mega ministry, I looked at all these plans. I was the arrow here. I looked at all the strategic plans, and I just put a little mark next to the ones I had any question about. And then I would take those to the ultimate CEO and get his, tell him what, I didn't say, what do you think? I'd say, what, what do I need you for? You think. <laughs> and so, so I would take him in and I'd say, this is the situation. This is what I believe is the right tact. I don't think this is approvable, I think. And then he would either agree or disagree. But it was so minimal. We could take you know, enough stuff that would choke a horse and, and we could whittle it down to five or six things that needed his, needed his direction on. Are, are you with me? Okay, so we obtain evaluation. Now, let's, let's keep going here. You're still going to have times, obviously, where you're going to meet with this team. There may be times when you only meet with the point person, Arrow, if you have one. There, there may be those times. There may be times, and that happened in my case. 
many times the meeting was between me and this person. And then other times I orchestrated a meeting with all of us and the ultimate CEO. So there still are meeting times, but they're at a higher level. And they're, if, if they used to be all maintenance and then we moved into macro, now we're, again, yesterday's macro becomes tomorrow's minutia. So now it's a whole new level of macro coming from you being these things. Okay, then uh, what I would recommend, I wouldn't recommend that I would tell you point blank, you need this if you're going to be the ultimate CEO. You need to have another team. And some of you already have this team. And some of you uh, started uh, having this team way back here. Some of you have heard about it, but maybe you haven't done it yet. Uh, but you need to have another team. And this team up here, you chair it still. You're the chair of this team. But this is, if this is called, you call it what you, whatever you want. But if this is the executive leadership team down here, then this is the executive council or the, well, that's, you know, call it whatever you want. But it's, this is the highest form of wisdom that you can get. Because now we're, if, if what I said about yesterday's macro is today's micro and now we got new major macro stuff going on here, you're going to need counsel from those at a higher, you're going to need wisdom at a higher level because this is higher level stuff. You know, this requires a, a large expenditures. This requires a whole lot of planning and a huge investment from the ministry. And this requires uh, strategic decisions that you need to bounce off of somebody. I'm not trying to demean this team, but this is your highest level of wisdom. And so what would that entail? Well, that would entail, I'll give you a typical agenda, for example. It would entail finances. So you don't look at the finances alone. It's dangerous. You know, Proverbs tells us 35 times. That's stupid. Don't do that. You look at anything alone. Working alone is dangerous. So we look at the finances with people that probably have a higher level of understanding about finance than this team. They're not, I'm not demeaning this team. But, you know, this is, now these are obviously people, it's again, five, six people max, but these are, this is the highest, this is where the spouse definitely, if the spouse has been involved in the ministry, this, this is a pivotal role for the spouse. And you've heard me say in the basic training, the spouse should move out of the day-to-day. Because -day. you're moving, you're the ultimate, and where do you get the ultimate wisdom? From your spouse. So, you need, I don't get any amens that way, but <laughs> kind of get, got awfully quiet there. And, you know, the 14th is Valentine's Day, you could have amened and blessed her a little bit. Okay, so finances. Yeah, so they're going to look at the budget. They're going to look at capital expenditures. They're going to look at anything, you know, we're going to get a new phone system, new computer system. We're going to blow out that wall there and build uh, whatever. 
We're going to look at a strategic site plan. And it, well, you would want people that have looked at strategic site plans before. A banker, a, a realtor, uh, a CEO of another company, or an executive from another. You want that level of people giving you, they're not, they're not, it's not your board. It could be your board, but your board is usually the guys that are off somewhere and they come in once a year and you tell them what they, <laughs> you, you give them a report and they say that's good and they don't have a clue whether it's what you're really doing or not. So this, this, this is an, ex and this group meets at least once a month with you. So they have to be local. Uh, hopefully they're in your ministry. Sometimes they can be Christians that aren't even in your ministry, but they have a heck of a lot. They love God. They love you. They worship somewhere else. I mean, that's not ideal, but I've, that happens. Just to be able to get the most wisdom you can get on your team. And so budgets, uh, audits, should we have an audit? We're big now. Should we have an audit? Maybe we need an, just an uh, you know, uh, accounting audit, or do we need a full-blown audit? You know, all of those kinds of things are what, I don't want to ha hang here too long, but fine. Then the second thing is administrative. Administration. And so this would be policies, procedures, compensation levels. You can't sit there with this team and, and talk about what kind of increases we're going to give them. But this team's going to look at the budget and they're going to say, you know, I think we can expend this much money because we had such a successful year, we can expend this much money to uh, investing in our, the people that made it happen. And so, and, and so they'll prescribe a formula by which we reward uh, productivity. You know, don't give the cross the board stuff. You know, I know many of you are convinced that's Christian. You know, give everybody the same. No, that's communism. It's not, not Christian. <laughs> it's, so what we need to do is reward performance. We need to reward performance, and so, but they'll tell you how much we can allocate. And, we, and, we, and they'll, they'll sit there with you and they'll kick it around. Now, you're still going to make the final decision, and you make sure they all know that, these, every arrow sitting around the table here. You make the final call with God. But they're giving you their opinion. You need all of that. You need that. There's a pastor here today. He said, when I started putting this in place, Dean, he said, it was so freeing for me. It was so freeing. Just to have that input and know that I'm not making it. Did I make a mistake? Am I doing this right? You don't have all the wisdom. Proverbs. So administrative matters. Then ministry matters. Should we do what Jim's going to tell us and move into multi-sites? Boy, I, I really, I heard what he said. I, I, I completely misunderstood what that was about. But now I see the, the value of that. I can see that you don't have to be a mega ministry just to have multi-sites. I can see what he told it. Oh, wow. You know, then you take, that, you take that here to your executive council. You say, this is what I heard, and this is what it would entail. And How do you guys feel about that? Pastor, I, I tell you what, you know, I think it's great, but we got, this place is still a zoo. And, and, you know, it, 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 I, I wouldn't do that until you get our act together here. And he'll tell you what the act needs to be. But, you know, no, you can't just go la-la off there. So that's, you need that counsel. Uh, you know, whatever ministry, are we going to start the, the uh, Bible college? Are we going to do that? 
or any of those things that I ticked off there that you're going to now, you can begin to start doing on a bigger scale. Well, you would need counsel from people to tell you if that's advisable. What would it cost? You know, you're excited, you're the entrepreneur, and you're thinking about the end product, which is good, the end result, but they're, they're sitting there thinking about what's the cost going to be, and who's going to lead it, and how is it going to work, and what do we have to have to make that happen? We have to have accreditation, and we have to have all licenses, we have to have all this stuff in place that you may not be aware of. Okay, number four. It may be um, media. Yeah, or, or I, well, I just threw education in there. But in education, you know, your Bible college, your Christian academy, wherever you have an educational entity could be you know, that's where you would discuss that stuff on the agenda. You could roll that into ministry, I suppose, but as you get bigger, you're going to need to break these out. Number four would be a media. Should we move into media? Should we be on that program? Can we afford to be on that program? Do we have the prayer team, and do we have the facilitation center, the fulfillment center, rather? Do we, ha do we have the capability to pull this off? And they're going to be asking the tough questions. And you're going to be gathering. See, every time you meet here, there's three things that we wrote up here for those of you that are new to this training. The first thing was you don't work alone. You work with teams. Don't work alone. So you work with teams are the foundational or principal building unit in any effective organization, teams. So you always work with teams. That's why you have to keep building teams deeper and deeper. Otherwise, people are working alone, and it doesn't work. And, when, when, and the more teams you have means you can work simultaneously instead of sequentially. If you've if you got just one individual here, then they can only do one thing at a time. But when you have teams and you have a, a variety of teams, like if you have a children's ministry and you've got the, what's the first little guys there? The ankle biters, what are they called? The toddler, toddlers, right? Nursery. Nursery, that's it. Nursery, then the ankle biters and toddlers and then the, the kids this, kids that, super kids, right? Okay. Now, if you have one person doing children's ministry, or one team doing just children's ministry, then they're going to be working sequentially. They're going to be working on one directive at a time. Let's get that done, and then we'll move on to the next one. Oh, maybe they're capable of keeping two balls in the air. Okay, but if you have five teams like that under children, and any other, any other uh, facet of the ministry, they're going to be working simultaneously. And you're, you're torqued. You're going to, things are going to take off, but you've got to have enough leaders to have enough teams and enough discipleship to make them functioning properly. Okay, media, and then missions might be another one. If God is speaking to you over here about missions and, and uh, you going, you see, one of your callings may be to be out on the missions field. Or maybe like Pastor Annis, to be able to travel from Newfoundland on the eastern part of Canada all the way to B.C., is it? 
British Columbia on the west. How many miles is that? 3,500, 4,000? It's a lot bigger than the US. And he's, his responsibility, so he's going to be gone a lot, as he shared with you up there. He's going to be gone a lot. You're going to be gone more. So when you're gone, they're carrying the mail. And it's better. It's, it's better. There's some here that will tell you, it's better when I get out of the way. It's better. Things are better. They're smarter than me. They're more effective than me. Let's say you were about to leave on a mission trip. Let's make up a little story here. Let's say you were going to go on a mission trip. Or you had some big media event and you needed to be out of the loop here for a season, a period of time. And you had your executive council meeting, but you're not going to be able to meet with the decisions that were made here on this macro stuff. You're not going to be able to be the conduit to share that with them. You can. I'm not saying you can't. But if you have a point person like this, then that point person is also up here on the team. And then that person is the conduit between your executive leadership team and the decisions that are made on the executive council. I'm not saying you can't do that, but if you have a person like this, then that's a good use of that person. That's a very effective use of that person. So you want to be building that person. You want to be refining and perfecting that person. That person then is the conduit. That person, even without you knowing, you, you would want, initially you would want to know, but they're, they're, you're going to want to rely on the counsel of that individual in this meeting because they're close to the troops. They're close to the action. They know more than you. Did you hear that? They know more than you. So you need their counsel here. So I'm giving you, you know, it may not be tomorrow, but this is what you're working toward. So they, are, they become the conduit here between the ELT, the executive leadership team, and don't call them staff. They're not staff. Those are people that answer the phone and, and uh, receptionists and, and put file stuff away, and they, they're very valuable, but they're, they're not, these are leaders. These are the top level leaders, so call them what they are. Give them a name. I don't care if you call it this name, but they're, they credentialize them. They're executives, and they're a leadership team, and we all work in teams. But this person is then, is able, if, if we come out of this meeting with action items here, and here they are, then some of them get put on this person. And you may choose to go with that person to the meeting to reinforce or emphasize certain things, but their responsibility is going to be to move, to, to take this, these things back here and implement them with the team. So that's why I say the direction that you used to provide is somewhat now less. Let me see what else we got on here. Let me... Uh, we, we can pick up this after lunch. We have a few more minutes. Um, so, another word perhaps up here could be, he used director on the video. Um, 
Another word could be overseer, you know, an overseer. You're overseeing the whole operation, but you're way out of the action day in and day out. You're the protector. We're going to get into this. You're the evaluator. You're the enforcer. <laughs> and you're also the terminator. <laughs> so I started writing those things down, and I must, you know, there must have been too many of those ads on the Super Bowl or something, you know, <laughs> everybody killing each other, you know. The, uh, even Betty White got slammed. Did you see that? <laughs> uh, but you're the, you're the overseer. And uh, there's, there's a few things I want to I share after lunch, but I, I, I'm going to share. I could share here, but I'm going to wait so I can do them effectively after lunch. But, you know, obviously this pipeline needs to be completed. So now we need 25 and 125 and... We need to round this thing out. So you got to keep pumping them out. And that's one thing you would obviously want to evaluate. How many of these people are we keeping now, guys? Are we getting it up? The goal was 25. Are we there yet? The goal was 30. Are we halfway there yet? It's halfway through the year, a quarter way through the year. So we're going to look at how we evaluate at a, at a, at a whole different level. But what are, you, what are you protecting? The system, the vision, the values, the culture. You might have a couple other teams here too. Like what? These would be valuable to you as the ultimate CEO. Now you have ultimate wisdom. This is the ultimate wisdom. You need an ult if you're going to be the ultimate CEO, you need to have ultimate wisdom. More than this team can provide, given their experiences in life, their education, their jobs, their professional uh, learnings, and all that. Then this could be your spiritual advisory team. And it may be your elders. But this, is, this, isn't, you know, this is once a month. In fact, some of you may be needing it even more than that, every three weeks, perhaps. And it's better to have it more frequently and then say, hey, we don't really need to meet this frequently. And, but you never cancel that. You can postpone it because you have an event or something, some conflict, but you never cancel it because th th that's dangerous. And you can't believe how quickly things slip and slide and then you go months before you meet and things happen and they're not good. So spiritual, so your elders can be here. But Pete, when you have a spiritual issue or a spiritual matter, now they can also go there. It doesn't have to be through you. They can also, that's an asset to your team, that they can go there. But you can also go there and get counsel from those that are most spiritually discerning and capable. And then this could be a business advisory team because your ideas are going to get bigger and bigger and they may be in areas of specialty that you need some specialists you got so there are, there are uh, men or women in the church that have great acumen in certain areas and you're faced with something then this becomes a 
uh, a special project or a task force or a, uh, a team that is assigned to just simply meet with you a number of times or work on a number of issues or a particular issue and give you counsel on, a, on specific things. So you know, you're, you're working less here, more here, and probably more here as some of these things surface and sometimes there.